This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm back. Rudrance for the Black and White Network. If you're new to the channel, make sure you slap that subscribe button right in the face. We're going to talk about Joe Rogan. Of course, Joe Rogan has the largest reach of anybody in the entire country. He His podcast gets more listens than basically every media outlet combined. Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, Newsmax, OAN. You could put them all together, and it's going to be less than the 55 million people a week that Joe Rogan reaches on his podcast. And of course, Joe Rogan's been the target of cancellation, cancel culture, mainly because of his views around the coronavirus. He got the Wuhan bug and chose to handle it his own way and then go on his podcast. Heaven for Betsy, go on his podcast and actually talk about it, which is what he does. Talk about things that's going on in his life. I don't agree with all of Joe Rogan's views by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but I think he, for the most part, he has people that are really interesting on his podcast. I really like when he talks about fitness and things like that. Uh, the one thing I remember him talking about when the Wuhan virus first started, he had a, a lady doctor on there, and they were talking about different things. And the one thing she brought up was uh, severity of a virus versus vitamin D deficiency. I decided to, as a personal choice, YouTube, and this is part of what I'm talking about, YouTube, big tech, I chose to up my vitamin D. That was my own personal choice. And I got the Wuhan virus, and I came out the other side. So, let's do this. Joe Rogan decided to blast big tech CEOs for censorship. We know if if you say something that the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instafaces, whatever they're called these days, if you decide to go out there and say something that is against that mainstream narrative... And more so, that leftist narrative, they're going to yank your content down. They're going to yank your voice down. Even if you are Joe Schmo on the face page, we all know here comes the independent fact checkers that are not independent at all checking what you've got to say. And in this case, he's slamming the CEOs for covering for Big Pharma. Yeah, Big Pharma's never been shady, right? Never. Yes. They're extremely shady, and we all know it, especially over the last, let's say, 24 months, pushing all kinds of things across the country. In a recent episode of his podcast, Joe Rogan welcomed Daryl Davis, a black musician and author who has been befriending members of the Ku Klux Klan and neo-Nazis in an effort to persuade them to not hate people because of their skin color. Davis said he has convinced more than 200 Klansmen to turn in their robes to him. Also appearing on the Joe Rogan Experience 
episode was Bill Ottman, internet entrepreneur, free speech activist, and CEO of the blockchain-based social media network Minds. I am a member of Minds, by the way. Davis and Ottman are both involved in the Change Minds Initiative, which argues uh, that deplatforming people from social media only radicalizes people more. The Change Mind Initiative will attempt to facilitate engagement, free expression, communication, and active input from parties who promote nonviolence, critical thinking, creativity, and empathetic engagement. Let's read on. Davis and Ottman were two of six authors who penned a paper on the effect of censorship and how, quote, deplatforming actually intensifies extremism. The research found significant evidence that censorship and deplatforming can promote and amplify, rather than suppress, cognitive radicalization and even violent extremism. The paper reads, Shutting down accounts accused of violating hate speech policies and misinformation often shifts those banned individuals to alternative platforms where their narrative of long-suffering victimhood is further refined. What is deplatforming supposed to achieve? If the goal is to curtail radicalization of violence, there is little evidence to support this conclusion, the paper states. Quote, the limited empirical evidence that exists on the role that online speech plays in the radicalization to violence journey suggests that people are primarily radicalized through the experience of disaffection, face-to-face encounters, and offline relationships. The authors argue extremist propaganda alone does not turn individuals to violence. Other variables are in play. The focus on social media usage as radicalization vector may be overstated, the paper suggests. More attention on the role mainstream news coverage through TV and print media may be required. The paper cited a study from George Washington University in 2019. The key to understanding the reliance of online hate lies in its global network of network dynamics. Interconnected hate clusters form global hate highways, assisted by collective online adaptations. Cross-social media platforms, sometimes using backdoors, even after being banned, as well as jumping between countries, continents, and languages. The other thing is, if you're going to spread hate speech, I mean, most people are going to find a way to do that, my guess would be, and I have to just come right out and say, I feel like the number of actual hate groups and hateful people is not nearly what the mainstream media and Democrats are going to lead you to believe. That's my take, anyway. Davis writes in the paper, We increasingly see authors of controversial views suspended, kicked off, or put in a platform's jail for expressing views. Exiled exiled dissenters may seek alternate, sometimes nefarious platforms. Thus is born a breeding ground for conspiracy theories and plots. It's an ugly, spiraling mess. In a recent interview of the Joe Rogan podcast, Ottman expressed even the left, like outlets like Vox, are now admitting that deplatforming causes more severe radicalization. This is being admitted across the board. So the fact 
that big tech apps are not looking at this data and applying it to their policy, it makes you almost have to speculate that they're intentionally causing it. In other words, they're fanning the flame. They know if they deplatform you, that's not going to set well. Ah, uh, wow. Ottman suggested, I mean, because they, these are very smart people that work at big tech sites. They know about data science. They know about the spread of information. Rogan disagreed. I don't think they're intentionally causing it. The prolific podcaster added that he didn't think social media companies were not intentionally trying to radicalize people. Rogan theorized, first of all, there's ideology that is attached to all the big tech companies. Whether it's Google or Facebook or Twitter, you have to be what they think is, quote, woke, right? Rogan said, you have to subscribe to a certain line of thinking, and anybody that deviates from that line of thinking should be suppressed, minimalized, or banned. The CEOs have to virtue signal, Rogan continued, all the people that are executives have to virtue signal, and they have to say, we're doing our best to stop harmful talk. But what they're calling harmful, like a lot of it, is like disagreeing with pharmaceutical companies, which is just effing crazy, he exclaims. Then he slammed big pharma executives, quote, like these are the lioness liars that ever lied. Pretty good line, Joe. Rogan then picked apart the argument that he is not supposed to platform people with views some people don't like. I have, I have people on this podcast all the time that I don't agree with at all or agree with very little, and I want to see what's going on in their head. Rogan said he doesn't have, quote, bad people on his Spotify show. He added that he has people with right-wing and left-wing ideologies on his podcast and doesn't think anyone should be suppressed. Ottman interjected, you cannot change someone's mind if you do not platform them. It is impossible for someone with horrible ideology to change. Davis commented on people being kicked off social media platforms on the basis of disinformation. He then brought up the examples of Renaissance-era astronomer Nicholas Copernicus, who being scorned and ridiculed for saying that the sun is the center of the solar system and that Galileo Galilei being venomously charged with her heresy and put on house arrest for also believing in the same thing. Rogan brought up the First Amendment and big tech censoring users and the idea that you effing tech dorks are going to step in and say, no, this is dangerous thinking. Ottman added, the battle-tested First Amendment, hundreds of years of precedent, legal precedent. Let's talk about good content policy. They think that their lawyers are better at drafting healthy conversation than the First Amendment. Ottman said on the massively popular podcast, and that's just, that's just not true. Davis said, you combat bad information by providing more good information. Davis stressed a missed opportunity for dialogue is a missed opportunity for conflict resolution. It's as simple as that. Uh, so, and we know Rogan's been real outspoken on this. It's something that worries people all the time, especially if you have a platform. It's being deplatformed. And we know. I do think Rogan's right about one thing. I think it's the fact that you have to be woke. You have to cater to a certain 
small percentage of society, you have to think like everybody else. You have to follow in line. You have to be a bunch of fucking sheep if you want to know the absolute and total truth. A leftist sheep, okay? You have to make sure you conform. Anybody ever see the movie They Live? John Carpenter, Rowdy Roddy Piper. He puts on the glasses, and all of a sudden he has clarity. He can see. It's sort of the same kind of thing. Look, I don't think anybody should be deplatformed. I don't care if I absolutely don't agree with somebody. There are plenty of YouTube channels I can't stand. I don't want them deplatformed. I don't. Okay, it's their channel. It's their right. Let them go out and say what they feel like they need to say, even if they're effing wrong. I don't care. Okay? I mean, that's just a fact. I'm going to say a lot of shit that a lot of people that come through this channel is not going to like. Okay? I mean, go on to the next channel. I'm fine with that. It's amazing that people believe that putting the, the, the clamp on somebody, shutting them up, deplatforming it, you think that's not going to actually cause a rise in people's temperatures? Of course it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. This is exactly the reason I like listening to Joe Rogan. He has people on there, and these folks, free thinkers, they're thinking outside of the box. They're looking at things from all sides. I mean, and look, that's pretty damn deep for a black man to go out of his way, go out there, put himself in the communities of the KKK and neo-Nazis to get to know them and actually influence them, sit down, have a conversation, and some of them actually just say, fuck it, I'm out of this group. I can't look at people like that anymore. It makes a lot of... Look, that makes a lot of sense. You would be shocked how many people, and social media provides a platform, you'd be shocked how many people are just not exposed to other kinds of people. It is shocking, okay? I worked in the corporate world, and I was exposed to people from all over the world. That helped, right? But a lot of people aren't. My brother, very, very rural Missouri. <laughs> Literally, the last time I saw my brother, he was he's 56 years old. He has been exposed to one black person his entire life in this one town i'm not kidding you the same black guy that he went to school with is still living in that town and that is the only black person he has ever known or had a relationship with that's not his fault that's where he lives and that's what he's exposed to without platforms of different kinds to be able to be able to consume different things he has no he has no a frame of thought no frame of reference for anything else deplatforming is dangerous censorship is dangerous in my opinion anyway tell me what you think black and white network fans peace i'm out till next time <laughs> <laughs>